You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 120, we're discussing our Deadpool spoiler-free review, as well as running through our solo A Star Wars Story prelude. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. The countdown is down to single digits, boys. We are almost, we are on the cusp, we are at the doorstep of Solo A Star Wars Story. I am probably as excited as I've ever been for this film, and I'm excited to get back in the theater just six months out, maybe less than that, from our last Star Wars film. Another experience, another huge event-style film. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Yo, good. I'm hyped, man. Always. It's always been another good week, nerd. Um, I'm totally hyped for uh, for Solo. I'm, I need to get back into the Star Wars world because I'm still in this MCU yes. phase right now. Yeah. So waiting for the, the Force to bring me back in, for sure. Yeah, you know, I'm getting the finishing touches on my costume, yes. you know. Shave my yes. bikini line so that, uh, <laughs> you know, the Chewie costume will be authentic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know that, all of you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I'm super excited. I'm glad I'm not seeing it solo. I'm seeing it with you guys, I yeah. think. Well, I know I'm seeing it with you. I don't know if I'm seeing it with you, oh, yeah. yeah okay oh, yeah. nice nice we got a big crew 12 of us going star so wars is always fun. the one where we get the most people out eh yeah there's yeah. always there's always people texting me people that don't want to come to mcu films or whatever they want to come see the big star wars event films so we've got a nice big crew i think there's a dozen or so of us coming nice. out we're gonna do that we're gonna all take pictures we're gonna post them on twitter with sunday <laughs> this chewbacca costume and if you're new here and you're wondering what we're talking about this was maybe what six eight months ago yeah yeah i was pretty bold brazen yeah, yeah we made a prediction or sunjay made a prediction when we made a bet with him subsequently about solo actually saying in this release date we and sunjay troy and myself included all thought they're gonna bump this to december yeah yeah and sunjay was bold enough to say there's no way they're leaving it this close to infinity war mm-hmm. and lucasfilm has stood their ground they are releasing this film on the intended date here at the end of may which i myself in agreement with you i'm still <laughs> fairly shocked at because we've seen what infinity war did to deadpool this past week mm-hmm. and we don't know what it's going to do to solo presumably not too much but in the long run we may see these impact each other and we're going to discuss that in a little bit but before we get to any of that the deadpool spoiler free review we gotta talk about our weekend nerd what's going on guys how has your week in comics and collecting been yeah you know i picked up a couple steelbooks i got uh the black panther steelbook you know yeah. getting that mcu steelbook collection going just missing a couple and uh the new jennifer lawrence film red sparrow picked that up on steelbook as well did you watch it yet i haven't seen it yet no but uh, i did see the three billboards outside ebbing missouri what did you think really good totally unpredictable eh? Yeah, yeah yeah you know i was like thinking i was like you know of all the movies nominated i think that should have won you know i really really liked that one um and comics you got the Justice League, you got the four-week event coming, and then uh, you got some Aquaman, you got some Wonder Woman. I'm, you know, going back, rereading the Wonder Woman comics, because Wonder Woman 2 with Cheetah announced, so super hyped for that. And, you know, I've just been soaking it all in. How about uh, you, Troy the boy? Yeah, it's been slow on my end. I haven't gone to my comic book shop, so I've just been going back, man. I've been going back in time to my old books with the Jonathan Hickman run. 
of Avengers, you know, all the way from Time Runs Out to Secret Wars to Infinity. Man, it's just some quality content going on over there. I um, I did actually manage to pick up a Prowler, Marvel Legend. Oh, it's okay. It's only twice filling out that whole lizard Build-A-Figure wave. Yeah. Um, and this is the Hobie Brown uh, Prowler, not to be mixed up with uh, Aaron Davis uh, Prowler from the Ultimate Universe. But yeah, it's a pretty cool figure. And I picked up Infamous Iron Man number two, volume two on trade. It's a great book. Bendis is doing this too. This is when Doctor Doom takes the mantle yes. of Iron Man. It's a really cool look. Nice. Um, man, that's a great book. And I also picked up Detective Comics volume two okay. for Batman Rebirth, which is uh, sweet. Batman has this huge like ragtag team of like um, Clayface, Tim, Drake's Robin, Batwoman... And I can't remember the other character. She doesn't. She's a mute. But anyways, it's 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 a cool run. So I've really just been focusing comic book heavy and just got one Marvel legend. Yeah, but, um, nice. man, all about that Jonathan Hickman run right now. It's so good to revisit. Do you know what I love? That's Troy's slow week. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to come back to that really quickly here, Troy, in just a second sure. about you revisiting comic books. That's something that I've been doing as well. But first, I got to talk about. I've also had a slow week and. It's even slower than Troy's. <laughs> I did try to go out on the hunt a bit to try to find some solo stuff. Still pretty bare on the shelves. I did find one three three quarter inch Lando dual pack. Didn't pick it up. Okay. I'm, I'm out of the three three quarter inch for now. No black black series six inch. No elite series. Nothing on the Pegster solo. And we're like three days out from release. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's real, man. I've seen guys in the states picking up Tarkins and all <sighs> these figures, and I'm like, what is going on here? It's so dry. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. But we did have this beautiful. Black Panther Steelbook to hold us over. When you told me a couple weeks ago that this was coming, yeah. I was like, what do you mean? It's still in theaters. I can't believe how quick <laughs> this has arrived. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like three three months now. And the really cool thing about Black Panther is I don't remember the last movie, but Black Panther, every week it has been out in theaters, was in the top 10. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. It's, it's yeah. pulled in almost $700 million domestically. Yeah. And it, like this Steelbook, too, guys, like I know you can't see it. We'll throw a picture up on Twitter. It's one of the best looking I've seen in a long time. It's this minimalist Black Panther art, mm-hmm. gray, black, and white. Oh, it is on point. Like I got out of Steelbook collecting, Sanjay's <laughs> reeled me back in. Like the irony of that is <laughs> incredible because I'm responsible for at least seeding the idea of the obsessive collection that Sanjay now has in Steelbooks. And now it's happening in reverse again. <laughs> My daughter can't go to college now because of you. I spent all that money on Steelbooks. <laughs> but hey, you've got a thriving YouTube channel at this point. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Troy, yeah. I, I want to come back to that point about Hickman. Now, we were talking a little bit before the podcast about this idea of going back and revisiting comics because you said you really enjoyed Secret Wars going yeah. back, Infinity and all that. And these are events that, that we have praised, particularly Infinity going into and coming out of Infinity war like yeah. it really pulls on that event in particular john of the hickman's run there but i want to talk about how nostalgia and going back and revisiting things how that affects your perception of maybe particularly comic books maybe some tv shows as well because i remember us having a hard time with secret wars right but going back and revisit you said that you enjoyed it like is that is that because books age well or we just don't fully appreciate them in the moment like what are you guys thoughts on revisiting bigger arcs or arcs that maybe you weren't particularly fond of the first go around, but you found something that you could like inside of it. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think with Secret Wars especially, the key thing is is digesting it all in one sitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, even with Secret Wars, is a major delay. It yes. must be an eight-issue run. It became a nine-issue run. And it was, yeah, and just... It went forever yeah. for those. Whereas now, like, I'm going back to... Um, 
with time runs out and infinity and all that stuff. And I'm just reading it over and over again, just constantly. So I, I just, I know exactly what's going on. Like that hunger is being fed constantly. I don't have to wait. There's no wait period. So that also helps a lot with these books. I liked Secret Wars uh, initially when I read it too. But the other thing is too, because that was one event series when I got everything. Like every yeah. event tie-in, I think you did the yeah. same thing as collecting it. So it kind of like kept me in that world, but also took me out of the main story. Whereas now I'm just fo- focusing on like the nine issues. So that kind of helps make the story even that much better and cohesive yeah. with everything else. But the base thing I take away from this is just the planning that Hickman put from day one. You know, yes. with the Illuminati, with the um, original sins, when Thor loses his with his hammer, yeah. Captain Captain America wakes up to what happened within uh, with the Illuminati, like all that planning. And I feel like we don't get that. It's almost it's very Kevin Feige like like yeah. he had mm-hmm. this blueprint going on the whole way. He had like back a four in, or five year story, four year yeah. story. Yeah. And if you go back to that Avengers New Avengers run that they're doing in tandem, yeah. like he was doing both of them, writing both of them. That Avengers book made it up to like issue 44, 45, yeah. I think. Well, yeah. And that's the highest an issue count has climbed at Marvel in probably the last six or seven years. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not including going back and renumbering and all that. Right. This is a continuous run mm-hmm. up to issue 44. Like I was really hoping they get to issue 50. Yes. But they're able to cram that much in into the entire DC, which they did 52 issues yeah. on each of their, within probably half the amount of time. Mm-hmm. So you see how much content he was pumping out and building into multiple events. Yes. Three events I think they did through there. So yeah, that's a fantastic run. But it's funny because I think I'm going to have to go back and revisit because I remember enjoying it, but I remember having that issue with Secret Wars. Now you're hearing you say, oh, I really liked it going back and revisiting things, especially in trade. Yes. That's got me super intrigued about what else I could go back to because there's a few runs that I want to revisit. that It's kind of like, eh, Original Sin is one of those two. Yeah. It was kind of a hit and miss for me because it took so long to come out. Exactly. But yeah, I don't know. Like, what do you think about TV shows, Sanjay? We were talking a bit about... um, what was that show? Thundercats? Thundercats, Thundercats yes. yeah. So the, Going yeah. back and revisiting things. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Thundercats, um, but I, you know I know what they are. And then they're rebooting this. They're like remaking it. And they threw up a picture of the new Thundercats. And I'm like, that's not Thundercats. Like, this looks completely different. It looks like something out of Adventure Time or something. Like, <laughs> Tim said, Muppet Babies. Like, yeah. it, <laughs> it's pretty crazy, uh, Switch. You know, TV shows is hard to revisit because when you're a kid watching it, your you know your worldview or your palette of what's good is so different that it's very rare to find that TV show where you loved as a kid but you love as an adult as well. Yeah, I think only really like the Batman, the Fox Spider Man, the X Men, they yeah. age pretty well. Uh, like The Simpsons, for example, is one too that like yeah. go back that I loved as a kid and love now as an adult. The first few seasons, were yeah, rough, yeah. Though. The first, the new stuff is okay, but not as good as the original stuff. Yeah, um, it, it's hard, you know. Um, maybe like Transformers and stuff. Like if you go back as a kid, would you know? I didn't watch it as a kid, so I I don't have that. I think it's a it's a very tricky thing. There's very few things in life, you know, that are just as good when you're a kid as when you're an adult. It's a very, very fine line between yeah. going back and revisiting nostalgia and revisiting things with, like you said, a different palette, different goggles on. Yeah. So yeah. you're looking at this from the perspective of, I know what's out there. Mm-hmm. So even going back to some of the early 2000s, late 90s films, if they weren't primarily dominated by practical effects, yeah. they're really hard to watch. Yes. Oh, Even yeah. the first X-Men X2 holds up pretty well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when you get in that space, those are hard films to watch because they just don't look very good. And you find yourself constantly being pulled out. So, you know, I I, I always am going back and forth to this this idea of never going back and just living through the nostalgia, thinking that, yes, this was the best thing (laughs) at the time. Like, I watched a documentary on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently that 
that cartoon is full of just errors and they're trying to spit it out so quickly <laughs> and the, the, the animation isn't it's good but it's not great so yeah. i never want to go back because i have really fond memories of sure. that oh yeah and so a movie or something upholding is probably not likely and even maybe comic books have a better time with that because some of these stories are somewhat timeless like i've tried to go way back to the 60s through Ooh. that like that some mm-hmm. of that's really hard that's to tough. read yeah with this this current mindset this mind frame of modern comics so it's funny it's kind of a cool concept and something we bat around once in a while is yeah. like what to revisit how to revisit it and how to consume it because even the comic book going back to those early issues or something like avengers forever it it's hard to read them but you have to reset your mind to be in that that framework of what they're doing what was going on politically at the time what was going on in current events yeah so yeah it, it's hard I, I like the idea of it and this conversation i want to keep going once in a while to see what we're revisiting because i think that's an important thing especially when it comes to comic book reading absolutely is revisiting arcs because we still see it today that some of those big arcs are influencing stories now Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's great to see, especially the Bendis era events. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, Hickman pulled off of, obviously, the events of uh, X-Men versus Avengers. Avengers yeah. versus X-Men, mm-hmm. right? With yeah. uh, Namor and Black Panther. Like, they took what happened at the events of the, yeah, the that, Phoenix Force, right? Yeah, that happened for... That had implications for, like, four years. It's huge. A, a small piece of Avengers versus X-Men. Yeah. The Namor Black Panther stuff. It was huge. So it goes good. all the way into this book. Yeah, it's all incredible. the way into Secret Wars. Incredible. It's great. Yep. Uh, just to touch on the uh, Ninja Turtle stuff you're talking about... Uh, you know, the movie, when that first came out, like the 90s movie, yes. you know, we love it as kids. I haven't seen it in for, forever. So when the new one came out from Michael Bay, I mean, it's like, oh, this is garbage. This is crap. So I watched the first one. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't really like that. But then like the second one came out and I was like, you know what? I'm going to like come in with like a cleansed palette and give it like a fair shot. And to be honest with you, I really loved it. But uh, and then we watched the first one. I'm like, you know, that one isn't so bad either. I went I went back and watched the original two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They hold up. See, yeah, I love the part two, Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, I oh, love okay. that one. Yeah. I like the first one better. Yeah, oh, the first, first one's great. a bit more adult. It has more of the tone of the original comic yeah, like book. The dark yeah, tone. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where you look in the second one, they're not allowed to. They don't never hit guys with yeah. weapons. Right. It's all defensive. And Wh- which one is when Wrath like takes on all the ninjas? Is that part one or two? That's part one. Is that part one? Because then he gets chucked through gets the window. Through t- yeah, that's yeah. Part one. Then he's out of commission for a minute. Yeah. There. Yeah. And then Uncle Phil Shredder. Yes. Oh yeah. So yes. good. <laughs> and Kevin Nash, I think, was like super shredder. I he don't was. know if that was the second one. Or Secret like... of the Ease, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, we should we should do you know the next retrospective series should be Ninja Turtles. Yeah, we gotta finish our first one. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second one, which we promised. Yes. <laughs> we will get there. And for those that are here for Marvel, Star Wars, and DC, that was our tangent Ninja Turtle talk for now. <laughs> but we gotta get into one more topic before we jump into the main news bits here, and that is probably one of the biggest news items that dropped the last week. And that is Star Wars Celebration yeah. 2019 has been officially announced by Lucasfilm. That will be taking place in Chicago on April 11th through 15th, 2019. Tickets go on sale in just a few weeks on June 5th. Ooh. I gotta know, guys. Can I convince you <laughs> to join me on this excursion? This pilgrimage to the Holy Land, to Star Wars Holy Land. Can, can, can I entice you guys at all? Because I think I am almost 100% committed. You're doing it. I've got, yeah. I've got my wife on board. Nice. Yeah, okay, that's uh, a big I'm, one. I'm yeah. seeding the idea of, of potentially maybe buying a VIP ticket, which is quite, quite pricey, I'm told. So we'll see. I, I think I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to buy tickets. Nice. Yeah. That, that's, I'm definitely going there because I feel like if something happens or my life changes and I can't go, yeah. I'll be able to sell them. I don't yes. have, like, oh, yeah, even at sure. face value. Yo, yeah. for sure, for sure. 
Um, you know, someone who attended San Diego Comic-Con last year, and that was been like a lifelong dream for me. And I never thought I'd do it. You know, I have to say, you know, you're huge into Star Wars. So I highly support you going because that is just something like you will never forget. Like yeah. some of the stuff I saw in San Diego, is just crazy. And the stories and just like going there for the first time. Uh, it was it was incredible. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to pass on Celebration because I really want to go back to Comic-Con in San Diego yeah. next year. But if I don't get tickets, maybe I'll maybe I'll join you. But uh, don't don't count me in yet. This isn't this isn't a Chewbacca bet kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Troy, are you gonna no, make the pilgrimage? No, I won't be making it out. I, I Galaxy's Edge is 2019. Yeah, as well. So I might have my eyes set on that getting that that blue milk. But no, no, I'm, I'm up for this one. But, ah, man, you yeah. know, it's, it's funny awesome, you say Galaxy's so Edge too, because yeah. my wife and I we were with our our financial advisor the other day. And we started a separate fund for 2019's Galaxy Edge. Yes. So we started saving a year and a half in advance. So that, that's starting. And I think I think I have to pull the the trigger here on Celebration. It, yeah. It's a must. Uh, I, I've been talking to a few guys, Rob Cass, and the guys from Rogue Squad Pod, Skyhoppers and all that. Everyone's talking about going. So there's a big crew that's going down. So I'm excited about that. My wife has also offered to come with if, if I want. If yeah. I just want to go on my own and do my thing with the Commonwealth guys then that's open too. So I'm super happy and I want to say thank you <laughs> in advance for being overly supportive of this. She said, you know what? This is your thing. Yeah. It's not going to happen every single year. That's right. This mm-hmm. is the build into episode nine as well. We're going to probably start to have seen some of the Favreau stuff, Benny Hoffman Weiss, maybe yeah. Brian John. So it's going to be a big celebration. There's that's a lot right. of content to talk about. So I'm pretty pumped. So as of this moment... <laughs> I'm definitely buying tickets. Wicked. Nice. And hopefully I get my hands on something I want to have to wait in line all night to see yeah. maybe a preview for episode nine. Who knows? Who knows? Ooh, wouldn't so that be something? And I'd love to hear from you guys. Like, I know Grabs threw it out there that he's probably going. Nice. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other people that are talking about Dan Solo from over in the UK. So if you guys are going, let me know. I love, because I may be rolling solo, I'd love to meet up with everyone and just kind of do the Commonwealth thing, yeah, but live and in person. We're going to... Maybe lay down some podcasts. Oh, we're going sure. to apply for the Commonwealth to get a, a seat on the podcasting stage oh. so that we do kind of a big, we can do a live podcast. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Hosts. Yeah, it'd be incredible. Whoa. Yeah, so if you guys are planning, there's there's a small group of us that are planning in the background, so just let us know. Just email me or Twitter DM me, and we'll try to work something out because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm yeah. super excited. Boom. So if, if, if you end up rolling solo, are you going to dress up like Han Solo? No, I'm going to do my classic <laughs> jeans and t-shirt. <laughs> the George Theme Lucas t-shirt. look. Yes, <laughs> very much so. I will likely have a black snapback on yeah. as well. <laughs> Anyways, enough of that talk. Let's jump into our main news segment here. We're going to start off with Marvel, and we're going to start with Deadpool. Now, this thing rolls into the box office hot off the heels of Avengers Infinity War. The, the guerrilla marketing they were doing was fantastic. I love Ryan Reynolds in this role. And it did finish this weekend with an impressive $125 million debut. Okay. Now, that is well short of some of the predictions, with the exception of mine, from <laughs> last week. I did predict this was going to do less than it did in February of 2017, whatever, 16? Yeah. Where it raked in $132 million wow. with Deadpool 1. So it did fall about $7 million short. And I don't think that's overly reflective, maybe, of the quality. I haven't seen it yet, actually. So that's, you know, my $20 that hasn't contributed to <laughs> And it, it did taken about 300 million dollars worldwide so Ooh. fairly decent debut for a rated r comedy mm-hmm. comic book movie so i think there, there's a lot to be praised there now i didn't see this i didn't make the time and it was interesting because we had this discussion before too about 
we have these three movies in May. Which two are you going to choose? Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go with all three. Right. Couldn't find the time. And I said to myself, well, I'm going to solo next week. Yes. So I don't want to pay babysitter this weekend while my wife is away. So you know what? I'm going to skip Deadpool for now. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why we moved a review to June. Because I chose Infinity War and Solo to do. To do the babysitter thing and all that. You so gotta do it. That, that was one of the things we talked about a long time ago. Is Deadpool falling in the zone between Infinity War and Solo. Or it would have been between Solo and Jurassic World. So you have probably the three biggest films of the year all debuting. With the exception of Black Panther, mind you. Unexpected huge film. <laughs> but the three biggest films or biggest sequels, we'll call them. Yeah sequels and solo whatever you want to call it anyways <laughs> semantics but deadpool kind of found itself rolling around in between them and this is this is nothing to snuff at this 125 no million no, no that's nice. very impressive but it made 100 or 363 million dollars domestically in the february release i don't think this is gonna have near the legs no there's no, no way it will no because it's gonna run up against jurassic world solo, solo infinity war lingering black panthers even still lingering in the theaters <laughs> that's crazy so you can just watch it at home but i think people are still going to the theaters it's, crazy. The theater. it's that yeah. experience man we'll yeah. come forever yeah. <laughs> but i gotta hear from you guys now okay. we're gonna do completely spoiler free yeah. so this is gonna very, be hard very high level yeah yeah, it's tough. yeah. but you, you we'll both you both text me i asked you both after you saw it what you thought of it and you both came out with almost the exact same text message. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to throw it to you first, Troy. Cool. Spoiler free, high level. What are your thoughts on Deadpool 2? It's a fun time. It's a fun time at the theater. Um, the story is a step up, I believe, from the first one. But the humor doesn't hit nowhere near as hard as the last one. I felt like I was laughing a lot more in the first film. I was laughing a lot more in Thor Ragnarok even than I was mm. in this film. They throw a lot of jokes at you, but they don't necessarily always hit. No. When they yeah. do, they hit pretty hard. Um, there's some pacing issues through the middle of the film too, I would say. Action sequences are great. I wanted a little bit more out of Cable and, um, Donimo, Don, Don, Donimo, Domino, Domino <laughs> steals the show for me in some ways. She, nice. she's, she's great. great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's pretty similar. Um, I prefer the first one over this one. Yeah. Um, I just think like the story was better origin stories. I like them, you know, kind of seeing where they come from. The humor I thought in the first one was a little bit better. But I mean, like, this was still a very funny movie. And you, as Troy said, a fun time at the theaters. Action was great. You know, story hit, hit, hits and misses for me. The thing for me that really stuck out, which I was surprised at, was the CGI. There were some scenes that CGI was amazing. But yeah. there's one character in particular who I'm not going to spoil. Um, you know, it's a big uh, reveal. Yeah. And the CGI on that character was awful. Like, <laughs> I, I had, you know, th I'm talking like mustache bad like people yeah. people rag on justice league i think we throw shade at dc I, i'm you know people rag on justice league i'm gonna rag on this for the cgi <laughs> on this character because it's not like there was like an unexpected thing that like popped up like these people knew this character was going to be in it from the beginning you assume unless they changed it is it is it as bad as the hulkbuster in Infinity War, Infinity then? War sticking no, out. No, nowhere near as bad as that one. I, I don't know if you caught that one at the end. Infinity War. Yeah, yeah, you I did. did yeah, you think it's on par with that one? I think so. Oof. I remember watching. <laughs> I, know, it. I know a character. I think I know a character. Don't spoil it here. but yeah. I think I know what character it is. Yeah, so it was spoiled for me. Yeah, yeah, I won't mention it. But that being said, I also think uh, Colossus. We all know he's in the film. Yeah, yeah. he looks a lot better. And he, he looked, looked amazing. Yeah, he looks a lot better in this film, and he has a lot more screen pre uh, presence this time around. Yeah. Too. That's why I was so surprised because Colossus is a hard character to make, and he looked fantastic. Yeah. Um, the 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 time travel stuff. I mean, that was pretty cool. Um, the soundtrack. 
I love the music in this. You know, I'm a sucker for like Phil 80s, Phil Collins 90s. is in there a couple times, I think. Yeah. There's some Phil Isn't Collins in this. Celine Dion. Song? Celine, Celine Dion, Dion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She does a song in there. That's right. Uh, you know, there's some great songs. Like, there is. I love the soundtrack. Soundtrack was nice. Yeah. I liked it. And the first one was good, too. Um, I, I'm a little bit concerned if this is even going to continue. This, You know, there's talk about an X-Force movie. There's talk about Deadpool 3 with Disney, you know, probably buying Fox. Yeah. I just don't see this continuing. I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to be like harp on it, but I don't think this will make as much money as the first. Um, and I don't know if Disney's going to go forward with it, to be honest with you. So on, on that point there about continuing this, do you find, and the, the feedback you both gave me coming out was that it wasn't as funny as the original. Is that because you felt like you'd seen it already? Like, you, you, we saw Deadpool 1, we saw the type of humor. That's the first time we're seeing this in comic book film. Ryan Reynolds nails it. Is it because it's repetitive? Like, they don't escalate the humor to the next level? Like, what is it in particular, without spoiling anything, that just doesn't land as much with the humor? Well, I was, I was wondering if it could be even the director change. Because yeah. I know this director did uh, John Wick, and I, I can feel that because the action is awesome. Yeah. At the same time, we're missing uh, Miller as well from the first one. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he helped guide that humor a little bit more so because i felt like some of the jokes were outdated some of the jokes that hit us with over and over again yeah um and it just kind of played itself out it wasn't very fresh you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. so i think reynolds ryan reynolds has a writing credit on this yeah at least some sort of credit and i think he has it. the same writer from the last one too yeah okay yeah. for me you know it could have just been that when i went into deadpool one i didn't know what to expect so i, I came in fresh and everything that hit me was like new and had mm-hmm. never been done before like you said this one here you were kind of going in looking for the humor and if there was like a moment that, you know, was supposed to be played as like a sweet moment in the first one, you were taken by surprise when they threw like a gag at you. Right. This one here, when there's like a sweet moment or something, you're like, okay, where's the gag coming? You know, like this isn't, this isn't uh, on the up and up. Mm-hmm. So I think that could just be it. And, you know, that's why comedy sequels are very hard. But yeah. uh, I think for the most part, it pulled it off. You know, I don't want to be too negative because I enjoyed this movie a lot. Um you know, I'm going to obviously buy it. Um, and, you know, I probably will see it again in theaters until it's out. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, just not as much as the first one. But still, you know, if I had to, like, do a ranking of the 2018 comic book movies, it's definitely number three out of the three. But that's no slight <laughs> because the other two are probably two of the best comic book movies of all time. Yes. So it's hard to compare. It, it's, it's a little bit unfair. I mean, it'd be like asking to compare against, like, Godfather 1 and 2. Yeah. So. Fair yeah. enough. Well, that's interesting because I'm really looking forward to, to seeing it. And that's generally the feedback that I've heard kind of more globally or regional, however you want to put it. And yeah, I th- I'm going to get there hopefully in the next two weeks. So we'll be doing our review probably mid-June, yeah. I think. Or we might leave it for when one of us is going on holidays or whatever and kind of slot it in. But we will get to a Deadpool review within the next month or so. So I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to break it down in a bit more detail. And we will get to that. But continuing on with Marvel films here. Now, Avengers Infinity War, this has been in, I think, a month now. We're a month, almost a month out from its initial release. Wow. This weekend, Crazy. I believe. It's racked up about 580 or $598 million domestically, which Ooh. still puts it $100 million behind Black Panther's run. Yeah. Now, Black Panther spent a lot more time in theaters, but we're running up against, like I said, Jurassic World. We've got Deadpool 2, Solo, so... Everyone's chewing into each other. They've even got a little bit ways to go to catch the original Avengers at $623 million domestically. I think it will get there, but there's a big question mark. Will it top Black Panther? 
But one thing that is not in question is its worldwide, its global total, which as we record is $1.82 billion. So this puts it in as the fourth highest grossing film of all time. And it has a really likely shot at hitting that $2 billion mark. So the fourth film to ever do that. It does have a chance globally to catch The Force Awakens $2.068 billion total. Wow, I think it will. Yeah, Yeah. I think it will too. It's playing really big in China. The Asian market's really scooping it up. Domestic, I think it's still going to play for... It had another $30 million weekend. So it doesn't need too many more of those Mm -hmm. to continue. This is with Deadpool too. To continue to rack that up and become... Well, it's already the highest grossing global comic book film. And it may come close. I don't know. It's going to be a tight race, I think. I think they're kind of neck and neck, Black Panther and Infinity War here, which is incredible for Black Panther. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. The thing that's crazy to me is like you look back at some of the like highest grossing movies of all time, like Avatar, Titanic. You remember how those movies were in theaters for like years, right? Yeah. Like they're in for months and months. And then this movie comes in and it's already like touching those or approaching those after only being out for a month. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. Like the landscape of movie, you know, box office is now hit them hard fast. Get that opening weekend big, linger on for the second and third weekend, and then hold on for all hell because, like, you're going to drop off fast. And yeah, that's just the way it is now. Like, there'll never be a movie like, I think it was like Home Alone. Like, it came out around Christmas time and it was still playing in theaters by like July. Like, there'll never that's be a movie crazy. like that again in our lifetime, no. I don't think. But you have to look how this is playing as well because 68% or 67% of its total global haul is from the international market, so not coming domestically, mm-hmm. which is huge. You go back to the start of the MCU and you look at Iron Man, it's like 80-20 or something. Like most of it's coming domestically. Mm. It's this new emerging markets like China, Asia, that are really propping these up and there seems to be affinity with this Marvel brand over in Asia. And that's yeah. what's giving this $1.2 billion internationally in a month compared to the 600 million domestically, which traditionally is your biggest market. Not anymore. No. Yeah. Not anymore. Uh, I was reading this article. I can't remember where I was reading it, um, but it said that a lot of times, like the markets, like in China and overseas, the box office take of studios is actually less than in North America. So like in North America, I think it's like 70%, like the opening weekend. Yeah. And then it, and then it like declines from there. But in China, I think it's like 25%. So, like, while this thing is, like, making huge bucks, like, it's, the studio's got to be careful, too, because, like, it, like, it's nice, but, like, they're getting, like, less chunk of the change. Like, I'm sure they'd rather have it all domestically because they get to keep it home. But it is nice that it is, like, worldwide and spreading worldwide. And maybe those numbers will change as they get more power. Cause, mm. But it's just an interesting uh, thing that you never really think of when you see that. But Yeah, 25% take of a billion dollars is a lot more than 25% take of... <laughs> 500 million <laughs> no no that's true that's true that's true yeah <laughs> oh, twice as much it's a massive, right? <laughs> no so keeping with avengers infinity we're here now matthew salvador he did toss us a question a week ago and it got lost in the mailbox so to start this off i have to say i'm sorry we meant to cover this last week when we're kind of wrapping things up in avengers infinity war but he has a question here about some of the content in the film so again this is the last week we're going to put a spoiler tag on avengers infinity war discussion so i will put a marker in the show notes and you can skip ahead if you have yet to see avengers infinity war based off the global statistics in the box office there's not many people that haven't seen it (laughs) but if you still haven't make sure to jump ahead here about 10 minutes so this question comes directly from matthew hi guys i'm really enjoying your podcast must listen for me every week just so good 
Thank you very much, Matthew. Thanks, That's man. great. Yeah, thanks, Warms man. the heart. Warms the heart. So he's got a couple questions on Infinity War. So number one, from what I understand, the Infinity Stones grant the one who holds them infinite power. Therefore, could Thanos have used the gauntlet to create resources? Are the Infinity Stones just a force for only destruction? Or does Thanos just have a mad titan logic? So we're going to start with that one. So his first question is framing around the ideas, instead of killing half the universe... Why doesn't he just provide twice the amount of resources for the universe? What are you guys' thoughts on that logic? Is that something that you see Thanos doing, or is there kind of a hiccup in uh, the Russo brothers' story writing here? Um, to be honest, <laughs> yeah, you know, it does make sense if he could do that. Maybe they did that on purpose, and they go to show that you know, while Thanos may be like a sympathetic character to some that he's actually not. And like, maybe he could have just as easily made those resources, but he said, nah, it's more fun to kill half the universe. So I mean, cause he is the bad guy after all. So maybe, maybe that's why they did it. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause this, this idea in here that he's got are the, the infinity stones purely there as a force of destruction. Now, traditionally in the comics, when Thanos wields the gauntlet, that is how it's been portrayed. Like the power set of the infinity stones themselves, which kind of goes into a second question here is it's kind of ill-defined it is a, a mechanism in this film at least to drive a plot forward to allow more or less a means to an end they're MacGuffins, simply enough mm -hmm. and in each film that they've been present in, they do really whatever is required of them to complete the story to complete this overall narrative and so that's how they're kind of used in the comic books as right. well is they don't really have a definitive idea or definitive power set other than they are huge. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. then you got the Tesseract or something different in the comics and all that. Right. But it's an interesting question. It's kind of a, a kind of flip side of how, how to look at it. I never looked at it in this way because I always saw, or in the film at least, I saw Thanos as a sympathetic character. He's trying right. to do something to save the universe. Right. But could he have easily just turned around and said, all right, I'm going to create a planet that just has resources on it and plot it up or sit it next to earth or whatever. Sure. I guess maybe you could have done something like that, yeah. uh, but I'm not again, coming down to this idea of the ill definition of the power set and the infinity stones. I don't really know what he can do. He can change around reality, but I don't know how permanent that is. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he can wind back time, but I don't know how, or if you have to be present to wind back time, like they did in Dr. Strange. I don't know if you can just go to anywhere and wind back time. Mm hmm. And the mm -hmm. Space Stone, the Power Stone, they seem like they've been forces of destruction more than anything. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that's the hard part about this kind of this question is that I guess in, in all reality, yeah, sure, he could have done that. And so maybe that's the evil tweak on Thanos that I didn't pick up as much in the film because yep. I saw him as sympathetic. But there are other ways to go about this. Yeah. I yeah, think half the universe. That's a yeah. good eye on, on Matt's part because I didn't think about it that way. I only kind of saw it one way. I guess that kind of speaks yeah. about my character. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and your favorite character is Darth Vader. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I only did see it that one way. I mean, I know, again, going back to Hickman's run, we, we do find out that um, the uh, the Infinity Gauntlet only works in its, each multiverse. So you can't use it in like the Earth 616. They yeah. have their own thing, right? So it wouldn't work um, there, but um, for its limitations in that sense. But um, that's, that, yeah, that's a good, good find. I didn't even think about it that way. No, I guess you, Thanos could have done it. You know, and the Infinity Gauntlet actually doesn't work in the DC universe as well. If you remember the Galactus versus, or, uh, I have that, do, do, or, or Darkseid Dark versus Thanos. I have that around who, here Who somewhere. had that one? Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I was going through the comic books the other day and I had an extra copy of it. That's <laughs> so cool, yeah. I think, uh, 
Darkseid tries to put it on, and he's like, oh, there's lots of power, but it doesn't work in this universe. Oh, clever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Matthew, I think I'm going to have to say that he does have a bit of that Thanos Mad Titan logic in that. Yeah, yeah. makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the second part of this question is, it seems that Infinity War dropped several points on Thor's arc, such as the issue with Thor's weapon. I thought Thor's father said he no longer needed a weapon because Thor was the source of his own power. So why did Thor need a new weapon? So this is interesting because it also comes back to the idea of the question that Kyle posed, Kyle from Tumbling Saber, go check them out, posed <laughs> on the review we did with them about how Infinity War takes Thor Ragnarok and kind of messes a bit with the end of the film. Right. That we have the ending where, okay, we've saved half of Asgard, we've done all this, it's about the people not a place, Asgard's dead, and then he runs into Thanos and he kills half of Asgard. Mm-hmm. So he kills the other half of Asgard. Right. So it kind of lessens maybe the impact on Thor. Now, we had talked about this a while ago, and I kind of had this theory that I like the idea of Thor being this rogue, this solo, this last Asgardian yeah. in a forward-going film. So I like that more than having them set up Asgard above Wisconsin. Yeah, and his <laughs> men. Right? Yeah. But you could yeah. do something cool with like a District 9 kind of thing. Yeah, you could. We yeah. have Asgard yeah, go to like Earth, and then they're like these like uh, yeah. Because well, in Homecoming, we see there's a church for the As- Asgardians, yeah. is there? Yes, right? so yeah. It's kind of already established yeah. a little bit. But I always thought of um, what is it, Storm? The Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. I just thought that was like the weapon to kill Thanos. Not yeah. necessarily yeah. that it's only um, makes uh, Thor necessarily stronger because Thor clearly you know regained his strength and if not surpassed it yeah Ragnar, i just felt like that was the tool to smite uh a thanos necessarily so yeah that's what the, a thanos yeah. killing weapon yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. i think that's that's just it yeah and you can't have thor without without an axe yeah or exactly. Exactly. he's gonna have exactly. something yeah. yeah but that's a good point because it makes it reframes a lot of thor and reframes a lot of ragnarok and that's another point you know going beyond just asgard to that character because we didn't we did see him use some of that that lightning the eyes and all that yeah in the end sequence but not to the same extent he used it in thor ragnarok so it does play kind of fast and loose a bit with mm-hmm. thor Matthew is right on that one but i think i think you hit the nail on the head there troy it's not less about him needing a weapon to fight more about needing a weapon to kill thanos right yeah so mad titan man i don't know that's great awesome and yeah. he's just one more thing here and can i just say that infinity war was so flipping amazing i fell out of my seat <laughs> twice i might have screamed some choice words when the red skull appeared oh, oh right man. there with you man you and i were like why <laughs> I, I literally grabbed onto Troy. i grabbed onto my wife too you know matt i just want to say thanks for the question and the comments but you know matt makes awesome lego videos yes and yeah. you know what would make an awesome lego video would be an infinity war lego video yeah hint hint yeah matt i was you know just uh popping it in if you take suggestions I know that'd probably take like three years to make of all the different characters, but uh, if you're taking suggestions, that's mine for you. <laughs> there it is. Please make it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We appreciate the question. Dude. Sorry it took us a little bit longer to get to, but again, I always love talking to Infinity War, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. <laughs> and segueing out of that, we're going to go into DC News. Cool. Nice. Not, not, nice. not my most elegant of segues, <laughs> but we're going to talk about Shazam. Oh, no, no, Tim's a little kid. Yes. (laughs) I still don't get the plot of this film, but we will get there someday. All right. Now, Zachary Levy, the the man playing the title character of Shazam, tweeted a photo, the first look of the costume, fully done, fully CGI'd up at what appears to be some sort of Las Vegas merchandising or uh, marketing sort of conference, I guess. I don't know. 
It's up in his Twitter profile or Instagram or something like that. So go check that out. But we're going to talk here about the suit. Now, this is a character I'm not incredibly familiar with. Um, I guess the idea is he's a kid that gets turned into a grown-up superhero. Yeah, so he's he's a kid, he's an orphan, and he says the word Shazam, and he gets turned into, like, basically has the powers of Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other kids as well that they also get turned into superheroes, so it's like the Shazam family, like Mary Marvel, uh, Uncle Dudley. There's a ton of them, <laughs> so... <laughs> it's very, like, 60s and, like, golden age. Yeah. Like, I think one of his arch nemesis is an inchworm with like mind control so you know it's very out there i don't think he'll be making an appearance in the movie but you know you pick and choose what you take take with you right so um shazam i think it's gonna hit really well with kids obviously i mean it's it's got that big factor it's kind of uh you know it's that wish fulfillment which eight-year-old kid didn't want to just say one magic word and get turned into superman yeah. Or Supergirl. Can't lie, that that is very desirable. <laughs> Even though. Now, now, yeah. now, the photo that we see of him plays to that a little bit. It, it's very much a lighthearted photo. It's got him in the Shazam costume. looks like it has a hood on it, but he's sipping some sort of smoothie mm. with a very jubilant look on his face. <laughs> Uh, maybe juvenile look on his face yeah, is maybe yeah. better. <laughs> but what are you guys' thoughts on this? And Sanjay, let's, I want to hear your thoughts because you're a bit more connected to the character than Try and I. Yeah, I think it looks pretty cool. Um, you got a little bit more of the detail in this, like kind of like the Man of Steel with the different lines on it. So yeah. the first set photos, it looked like kind of just like a red sheet. It yeah. wasn't very like high definition. Uh, this one here, and then the lightning bolt is also... Like, I think it's yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely has some CGI on it. Oh, yeah. I know the director, David Sandberg, said that, you know, he is going to do some more post effects on this. Okay. So this is just like a first look of the, like, costume. So, you know, I think it looks really cool. I think it'll look really cool if he joins the Justice League um, down the road, have him, like, with Superman or, like, Batman. I think, you know, this is a character that's going to bring a lot of fun, the F word in the DCEU, uh, the fun in in the DC universe. Um, and I definitely think this is going to be um, geared more to kids, but I think it'll be something that like everyone will enjoy because everyone can relate to being a kid and wanting something. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Like you had your call it the big effect. Yeah. <laughs> with this suit, it looks like they've texturized it mm-hmm. with That's CGI. That's the big thing. Because like, yeah. it looked like just pure spandex. Yeah. yeah. So it looks a lot better than the set photos we saw of him in the mall and all that. Yeah. So hopefully it has, similar to the Deadpool, is it's mostly practical and then it's got kind of what looks like a CGI overlay on it mm-hmm. to kind of make it pop a bit better, make it fit into the background a bit more. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like what they've done here. But Troy, what are your thoughts? Uh, still, still not really big on it, nah. to be honest. Um, but I do like, yeah, like they've added a little bit more texture to it. But mm-hmm. it, it's tough. It's a tough costume to pull off because there's so much red. Yeah. I mean, Flash works a little bit because you can kind of darken it up. Right. Um, and we've had like a lot of, uh, you know, times in the past, whether it's the big screen or small screen, where we've seen the Flash costume done. This is the first time we've ever really seen Shazam's costume done. But I'm still not sold 100%. I like the angle that you're mentioning, though, with uh, kids. I think you really mm-hmm. got to aim this movie. This needs to be DC's, DCEU, whatever film, but geared towards kids. Yeah. I really yeah. think that could be the huge factor for this film. Yeah. More yeah. so than anything, right? Could be could be a game changer because we really haven't had a film. Now, the MCU does point in that direction, yeah. but it's not specifically for that age no, bracket. Yeah. Right? But if you had something that say is meant for 
I don't know, an eight to 15 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's very different. Now you don't want to drive away your 18 to 35 year old audience. No, no, Cause that's no, a no. huge audience. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but at the same time, a little bit. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's a good, yeah. Like a Pixar. Yeah. 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 yeah it's something like an Incredibles. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that would be, exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That where you have that humor that the adults get, but then also it's primarily driven towards maybe more adolescent or juvenile humor. So they kind of get both of it. Yeah. So more kind of obscure humor where it's you got to kind of understand, you know, current political climates or, yeah. you know, current events and all that yeah. to get it. But as a kid, you're like, ah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that's really cool that I'm really looking forward to is the Black Adam film with The Rock. Yes. So he's going to be wearing the exact same costume, but it's just black and white. And way bigger. You know, yeah. Way <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then I think if they do that right, it'd be something that we haven't seen before. So you have the hero film and then you have a st- standalone villain film. And then the third film is them battling. Like, we've never had that before. Are they still clear where he's going to take place? Like, is he going to pop up in the Suicide Squad 2 movie? Because I remember that's what they mentioned Yeah, I time. think that's the rumor right yeah. now is, like, the Suicide Squad 2 will be about them trying to stop Black Adam from coming to this Earth. Okay. So I'm thinking maybe Black Adam will take place, like, in the past. Okay. And then so you kind of, like, know, okay, this guy's, like, powerful. He was, like, a, I think he was a slave building the pyramids in Egypt okay. and then um he got the powers of black adam and he was actually a hero at first but then being like a hero for thousands of years he kind of like turned on humanity because his wife was killed isis yeah so i think they're gonna change probably the name of her (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. um but yeah i mean that's something that we haven't really seen before where you have like a hero a villain and then boom Uh, and then yeah sorry then suicide squad 2 will probably be like them trying to prevent probably like who we gotta prevent this like evil from coming out and then they obviously fail and then you get that so i think it's kind of cool that they're kind of interweaving these things a little bit more now kind more of like subtly maybe yeah, yeah yeah more subtly this is not your batman for superman type of hey we need to explore this universe it's like let's see the next movie within this movie yes. so mm-hmm. slowly but surely i like it i like <laughs> baby it. steps baby steps yeah and speaking about well not so much baby step but big steps gotham now we talked last yeah. week about this show it got renewed for a last season or final season which will be airing next year and apparently right now they're adapting no man's land the story arc from the books, which is pretty cool but the director or showrunner revealed when it was renewed that they're going to also be adapting batman zero year from scott snyder correct yes Yes, so this is gonna be a really batman focused season where most of gotham's been around jim gordon and the villains for the most part we've got jerome the, I'm going to say an air quotes Joker because they're not allowed to use that term. Yes, right. So they're not allowed to use the term Joker and, and he's not allowed to have green hair. Yeah. Why is that? What's, what's his um, Because of the Joker origin movie coming out. Yeah. It's so, all... so back in, I think, Arrow season one or season two, they were supposed to be Suicide Squad yeah. was supposed to be the main threat. Because we heard Harley in the background. Yeah. Yeah. yeah by uh, Tara Strong from uh, the animated series. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, they're doing the Suicide Squad movie. So I guess the movie division has final say and they yeah. can uh, kibosh stuff that comes on the TV. Which is crazy because their TV division does better. Like, they yeah. did the same thing with uh, Smallville. Like, he couldn't fly for the longest time because they're doing the movie. Yeah. He took out Bruce Wayne and yeah. said, put in um, Oliver Queen. That's right. You know I mean? Yeah. Because the Batman movies were still going on with the Nolan verse. But they yeah. still had Aquaman in there. Yeah. A- and the spin off uh, pilot. That's right. <laughs> they have no plans to ever do that. <laughs> That'll never get made. <laughs> no, so it's, it's pretty cool. I, I may get into at least. I'm not going to catch up on all this. Mm-hmm. It's five seasons of watching. I watched the first half of the season, or first season, but I 
do like where they're going. Like I'm intrigued by. It. I watched actually the trailer, the the Jerome Joker trailer. Yeah, yeah. I watched that, and that's yeah. the first Gotham I've watched. This was like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> cool. In probably like three years, and I, I kind of like where they went with it. I, I think wish he's a standout. Yeah, I so, wish yeah. I kind of stuck with it a bit more now. Yeah, with, yeah. with that story, because I, I do like the idea that's got a lot of focus on the villains. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Batman's rogue gallery is second to none. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. incredible. I agree. Yeah, but. Anyways, I think um, I think it's time to get to Grab's question for yeah. this week. We've got another one from our boy Brad, but we will get into Grab's here first. So the All subject right. of this one. Now this one's another doozy. This is gonna really gonna make us think here. All right, Grabby. So the sec or the subject, not section. The subject here is unrealistic fantasy. Dear Tim Troy and Sanjay, we've all had the moment. The moment when you try to bring real world logic into movies, comics, cartoons, or even playtime uh, with our children. <laughs> I've recently caught myself talking to my wife about why I'm not a Hulk fan. I said, it's never sat with me well that a character that is birthed out of anger can control that anger, even with his super friends, long enough to perform consistent heroic deeds. I was trying to use logic in a fantasy setting. I realized that I was like one of those people that bring physics into Star Wars, but only for things I don't particularly like. I still can't answer why I set aside logic for certain things, but not others, but I'll attempt to be more fair across the board. My question for you three this week are, which moments in comic books and movies have pushed reality so far that it wasn't enjoyable? What moments have you defended to others because it didn't work for them, but it did for you? Lastly, pick a few superheroes and give them their ideal real-world jobs. Thanks in advance, Grabs. All right, great question, Grabs. Every time he brings it. um, Down. Okay, so the first part, um, some of the stuff, the logic that just didn't fly for me... um, this is like a franchise that the logic actually like worked really well for the first movie. But then the fourth movie, I was a little bit like, it took me out of the film and that's Jurassic world. So the logic with like building the dinosaurs from the DNA of mosquitoes, like Mm -hmm. that makes perfect sense. Like it doesn't make perfect sense, but like it's movie magic. So I'm like, yeah, I can move on the part in Jurassic world that really like took me out of that film. Like I still enjoyed it. But it was when the bad guy, I forget his name, but he wanted to turn the dinosaurs into military, like, soldiers and, like, let them loose in Afghanistan and Iraq. And I'm like, okay, like, so you have these dinosaurs. And I was like, that makes no sense. Like, no bad guy would ever think, like, this is a brilliant plan. Like, that's that that was, like, the one thing that was, like, the logic. I was like, how would that even work? Like, would you have to, like, (laughs) drop them? Would they have parachutes? Would they just, like parachute into like afghanistan <laughs> but like the but the total thing about the dinosaurs with the mosquito dna like that made perfect sense to yeah. me i was like that's brilliant like yeah it should have been a bird's dna not frog but... <laughs> <laughs> sure science I guess. I suspend that belief <laughs> um, to me the main thing is that they gotta build this like universe and these set of rules and whatever they build they just gotta be consistent with mm-hmm. them and as long as they do that then uh, they could do whatever you know um, you could have like like Superman flying, but then if one day he like is fighting um, Green Arrow, for example, and Green Arrow punches him without kryptonite and Superman goes down, I'm going to be like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. Or you the know? next day he picks up a building and throws it at the moon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like it, it does, that stuff. Um, the, the one scene that I have defended that no one else seems to like, I'm going to go back to Batman v Superman, Uh-oh. and it's the Martha scene. Uh-oh. You know, I've defended that scene uh, so many episodes um but no one else seems to be on my side it's slowly turning around i know matthew salvador is on my side on this one so uh martha yeah that does certainly push reality way beyond (laughs) any logic or reasoning (laughs) says the guy who has a 80 year old man frozen in ice that just wakes up 
Yeah, super slow to show. <laughs> it's following its own rules. <laughs> but he hasn't aged a day. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> you know, there, there's a the cameo in Infinity War. The dude that's been kicking around for, you know. We won't get into that. I'm just kidding. I, I actually do like Captain America, too. Um, the, the superhero's ideal real-world jobs, eh? Um, okay, Superman is super fast, so maybe he could be, like, an Olympic athlete. Is that cheating? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> okay, well, maybe then he'll be a delivery man. Because then he could just, like, like, pizza, 30 minutes or less, or it's free. He's like, right? Like, it's still hot. It's still, like, from the oven. Spidey was doing that for a bit. Yeah, but then he got, yeah. Yeah, he got fired, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, think of other ones. Um, hmm. Um... Plastic Man would be a very great adult film star. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come on. What about Aquaman? A fisherman? I don't know. Uh, he would clearly be like a treasure hunter nah. because he could just like dive in. Or maybe he, oh, he could be like, yeah, fisherman. He could just use his powers and all the fish can just jump into the boat. That seems like it's cheating as well. <laughs> um, okay, well, I think Aquaman would be really cool, like especially the Jason Momoa in like a band. Like he'd be like a rock star or something. Oh, yeah. oh he, he is yeah. in real life. Yeah. Oh yeah, just pure rock star. <laughs> or maybe he'll be like, uh, I don't know, like he's he's cool. He's Aquaman. He could just be like the cool guy at like the playground that like everyone just wants to be like. You know, he's Aquaman. My man. <laughs> All right, try. Yeah, well, moments man. in comic books and movies have pushed reality so far that it wasn't enjoyable. Uh, you know, off the top of my head, going back when I was a kid, I don't know if you guys remember the show, it's called My Secret Identity. And it's, it's a really weird show, but this guy, for some reason, could, um, he had these spray cans, and he could he could fly with these spray cans. And I remember being a kid, like, <laughs> six or seven, eight, and I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, this doesn't work, and here I am, you know watching cartoon shows and all this YouTube it. Did you and, ruin uh, your pants trying to fly? Oh, it's just, it just made no sense to me. But that's like his gimmick. There's <laughs> like spray cans and he's just flying around. It's terrible. Terrible show. What show is that? My Secret Identity. Uh, no, yeah. I don't know yeah, that the, the, the character, the actor from uh, Stand By Me, I believe is in it too. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so so that was weird. And then there is uh, Fast and Furious. I think it's Fast and Furious 7. And I know what I'm in for with those movies, but... The scene, I think, in Seven, when they uh, parachute the cars <laughs> out of the... I was like, okay, this is too far. This is ridiculous. This, this just doesn't work for me. So that's uh, that's on the top of my list. Another thing that's just never sat right with me, and I love this movie, it was um, the second entry in Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Um, was it War of Planet of the Apes? No, not War. Dawn. Uh, Looks like the was, new ones? Battle? Yeah, the new ones. Was it the middle one? The second the, one? I always get confused because... I, I said we got to flip the names around of the last two. Because I think so it's War, 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 no. War Rise is first, Dawn, and then yeah, War. Uh, War. Okay, no, so it's... no, War is the middle one, Dawn is the last one. No, War no, is War's the, the latest one. Because oh you were like, War so shouldn't confused. be the. Yeah. <laughs> I said they should reverse whatever one. So yeah. I can't remember yeah, 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 they should have. Because yeah. yeah. War should have been the second one. Yeah, right, yes. right. Yeah. So, so Dawn. Dawn, yeah. Yeah. So, Dawn, um, I just I just never sat right with me when you see the apes on horses when they're riding. Around the horses. So cool. I, it, it, it's it's, it's a throwback from like the 60s one. Because aren't they on horses back oh, yeah. then? Yeah. They are, eh? Yeah. yeah. That's, what it's, really? that's what it's from. I guess, yeah. you know what? I could believe it more back then because it just looked ridiculous. Because these <laughs> apes look so real now. It's yeah. just, it takes me out. So, uh, yeah. I guess those are my three for, for that. Um, thinking of a hero um, that, should, uh, that should have like a job or a career. I don't know. I might have to get, get back to you on that one. That's, 
That's a tough one because you know a lot of the Marvel characters have a day job already. Uh, right. and I don't want to just use that same job. Like like for me, it makes a lot of sense that Peter is like a lead scientist for like um, Horizon Labs. Like that makes sense, but I don't want to use that because that's what he actually does at some point. Well, so he could be like a construction worker or something, you know? Because he's like pew, 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 with his webbing, with his webs, and he could like engineer some sort, steel beams in place. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you go back to House of M, he does become like a wrestler. So I think he'd be a pretty good wrestler if he took that on full time. Just can't beat bo- Bonesaw. Bonesaw. <laughs> Two <Savage>. minutes. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. Macho Slim Man. Yeah. <laughs> what about a moment that you've defended that other people crap on? That I've defended that other people crap on? Um... The high ground. You know what? Like, I know Anakin was the guy who was mine when he thought he could, like, out-jump Obi-Wan. But I think if I was in that moment, too, and I'm, like, I'm the chosen one and I'm feeling high on myself, yeah, I'm going to go for that jump, too. Yeah. So I defend it. I mean, Every day. Yeah. Every day. Every day. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go a little more grounded than you guys. Yeah. I have to, I'm going to go to the comic books, actually. Okay. You made a reference. My dude, my dude, Captain America. I like coming yeah. back to him, especially with, with Grab's questions here. They always seem relevant. But... It's the Dimension Z storyline. And any storyline of Captain America, I know, I know, I come back to this so much, but I hate John that storyline. Yeah, John Romano, man. Man. My man. <laughs> but it was, I don't like the far-flung story arcs of Captain America. I like him battling Hydra. I like him doing the grounded, yeah. Earth-based things. That's kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can buy into the Infinity stuff. Like, yeah. on big-scale events. Him fighting aliens and all that. But I find myself being really pulled out of stories when Steve Rogers is dimension Z was uh, by John Ronnie jr. And he was flung off into this weird dimension and no, he, John well, Rada, he just yeah. drew it. Yeah, I don't know. It. Yeah. I, don't I, can't, know yeah, sorry. The, the I can't remember who the writer yeah. was, but it, he was flung off to this dimension with all these like weird alien things. Yeah. And he had a son for a bit. Yeah, that's right. That was like his genetic son. I don't know. Oh, but weird. It was yeah. really weird. And I stuck with it, but I, hate it i don't like it i'm sorry i don't hate it i just don't like it and it because it took me out of the character like when they went back even the hydra cap stuff yep. i liked because it was a different take on the character but it was still relatively grounded i like captain america be grounded i can buy iron man going off into space like my thor yep. doing mm-hmm. whatever yep. i have a hard time believing captain america doing anything but battling doing the espionage thing mm-hmm. so that's 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 probably the one that when they push Captain America too far outside of the, that comfort zone, right. like that Winter Soldier, that like, um, like anything with going back to the, the World War Two and the Ford, like all that stuff. That's the stuff I like Captain America. In. Beyond that, I have a hard time with. Yep. Now, moments that I've defended others to others because it didn't work from a maybe more of a logic perspective. Um, you know, one thing that I, I do come back to that I n- it never bothers me. Now this is going to star Wars is the lack of physics. And I'll grab yeah. mentioned this, but you know, you got space shuttles falling out of the out of space, you know, when they shouldn't be doing that yeah. blowing up explosions, oxygen. I never have any issue in the Star Wars universe with any of that. Mm-hmm. I never pay or give a second thought to the idea of light speed to, you know what I mean? Like i never, it never bothers me. Whereas when I'm looking at a movie like Interstellar, yeah, I had a really hard time with the weird paradoxical loop that it created right. when mm-hmm. he's in behind the bookshelf. Like yeah. I did, oh, yeah. That bothered me right. to the core because I was like, this makes no sense. Like the logic here just doesn't work in my brain. But you take me to Star Wars, I'm like, yeah, they yeah. can do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Force all day, you know, yeah. we can have spaceships doing whatever. We yeah. can have Poe doing like that that freaking drifting thing yeah. in, in, like in space like i'm cool with all that For i sure. think it visually it makes the yeah. films and that's what it's about yeah. it's Absolutely. not about physics it's 
So that stuff doesn't bother me in Star Wars. And I've, I've constantly kind of defended that to people that are more on the periphery of fandom. Mm. I find they're kind of like, well, this doesn't make sense. Why is this happening? Why yeah. didn't it? I just suspend all kind of physical logic when it comes to Star Wars. Yeah. And, I, and I often defend that. that It's a space opera. It's a space fantasy, exactly. not science fiction. Yeah. It's not, that's, where, that's where the big difference, the big divergence with Star Trek is. Yeah. 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 Is Star Trek is very, it's much more science-based where this is all fantasy for me. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the one I'm gonna say for there. And ideal jobs, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, of <laughs> Darth Vader just doing, I, just, just sitting, <laughs> just like doing his taxes or something. <laughs> <laughs> just an accountant by day. Kindergarten <laughs> teachers. Oh no, younglings. <laughs> oh yeah. Just <laughs> got a little bit of history of violence. A bit. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, I, I'd like to think of characters really outside of their element yeah doing something like that like even like boba fett kind yeah. of like wandering around delivering mail or something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird kind of weird darth but, vader would be a great actor you know he'd be like a shakespearean actor yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but superheroes as he specified in here i'm trying to think of some random one like um like punisher imagine him doing something like at a coffee shop serving oh, coffee oh man. goodness you spelled my name wrong no i didn't <laughs> no i didn't especially john berthold right? yeah oh like, yeah yeah. Like, oh, man. yeah sorry man i don't need the call coffee call me whatever you where, want where, where's <laughs> rick i need day. rick <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah, guys. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was that was a really great real blast yeah yeah <laughs> great so, question yeah i hope you enjoyed those answers and let right. us know grabs your answers to these questions as well like if you have uh yeah you should follow up in the, yeah, kind of in the email the next email we can kind of run through them quick that'd be a lot of fun yeah <laughs> now this next question comes from our boy brad formerly of yyc now yyz yeah what up b he's doing his thing hope you're going hope he's not going solo to see solo we're gonna miss you this week always, man you're man. always at the premieres with us so shout out to mr bradley he says it's a bit of a doozy here now this All one's right. gonna this is gonna be an interesting to navigate around the subject here is Disney princesses. Not so much our wheelhouse, but he does bring relevance to this. Okay. Now he says, Disney is known for having Disney princesses, Cinderella, Jasmine, Mulan, Pocahontas, to name a few. A few years ago, when Disney purchased Star Wars, Leia became a Disney princess by proxy and name. Should Padme or Rey or others be seen as Disney princesses? Who from the Marvel Cinematic Universe do you think gains princess status with in that corporation? Is Shuri the only Marvel princess, or does Black Widow get that crown? Who from the Marvel and DC comic books do you think has the status of Disney princess that are, are they inhuman, X-Woman, Wonder Woman? Can they be held to this prestige? Keep up the great podcast and looking forward to seeing Chu, <laughs> Chujabi <laughs> photos after Solo. So that's a direct reference to Sunjabi. I'm not making some sort of remark. <laughs> Just to clarify. Remember, low expectations, people. That's the name of the game. Yeah. Um, we got a question coming later on with exactly regards to that. But anyways, uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the Disney, the idea, the concept of Disney princes extending into the properties that they have brought into Disney? Well, I think, you know, it's an interesting thing. It's, it tells a lot about society. If you look at the early Disney princesses, they were all just there to be rescued. You know, Snow White, Cinderella, um, you know, they didn't really do a lot besides getting in danger and having to be rescued by the heroic prince. Who was was, was Belle considered a princess? Because Belle was yeah. held, held down. Oh, I'm yeah, talking but... about like like way back, like the Moon 60s, and, like, yeah, oh, okay. like 50s, yeah. 60s, and right. that kind of stuff. Sleeping Beauty, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. but like now if you look at Disney princesses, they're like in there kicking ass. Like you got Brave, you said Mulan, um, even... Anna and Elsa. 
Yeah. Yeah. The Frozen. We all have daughters, by the way. Yeah. 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 Is that any good? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Moana is awesome. Oh, man. I got to get that. I got to get that. this weekend. I love it. Okay, really okay. I gotta, yeah. I gotta get that. Um, but yeah, um, so definitely, if you t- if you think like the modern Disney princess, like Princess Leia, fits that obviously very well. And um, J- Jin Orso, Jin Orso, yeah. yeah, from Rogue One. Um, definitely, those are Disney princesses. I would say um, they don't have to be from royalty anymore. I don't think to be co- considered a Disney princess. Well, none of them really are royal. Like Snow White's not royalty or anything. Yeah. Like that, but... yeah. I don't know, like uh, coming from from my perspective here, my my daughter really connects to the idea of the Disney princesses, and I think the term I'm going to try to walk down the fine line here. The term <laughs> Disney princesses is almost a bit outdated. Um, I would almost call them like heroines or yep. something to that effect at this point, because that that group and like you you made reference to about the strong empowered female characters that are now on screen in, in your Moana's, your Jinner, so is your Rays and all that. Like a lot of like two kicked off with Princess Leia. Like she's oh, a yeah. badass. She's like the original, original, right? Yeah. Like she was the first, like stands toe to toe with Vader. Yeah. Like yeah. in the first moments of A New Hope. Yeah. So I, I like the idea of thinking more of heroine than princess because princess has, I won't say a negative connotation, but it has some sort of like status. Yeah, like, like a boundary that, almost. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Like it, it puts up a bit of a barricade. Now, yeah. my, my daughter loves the idea of that, but going back to my experience at... Calgary Comic Entertainment Expo, she wanted to be Princess Ray. Cool. Like she, yeah. she, we, oh, I don't have, she wanted to be Princess Leia, but we don't have a Leia costume for her yet. So we did have a Ray costume and she wanted to wear a crown and say, I'm, I want to be Ray, but I want to be Princess Ray. Cool. And I made a joke like, that's not canon. <laughs> so, I can see that just eating you up inside. <laughs> like, uh. Not royalty? What are you talking about? Not the bloodline. Do you know but, something I don't know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah wait. Spoilers for episode nine. <laughs> Um, so I would have to say that, yeah, those characters fit within that idea of the heroine, but not necessarily the princess side of it, I would say. Right. Because she connects or all those, those, those female characters that she connects with, she sees them across the board. Maybe not as much as far as the integration of the characters from the Marvel cinematic universe, but definitely from star Wars. Mm -hmm. She, she sees them all on the same playing field. You're from your snow white to your Jenner, so to your Hera's princess, like, like that's how she sees them. So I would say, yeah, they, in the essence of what the evolved idea of a Disney princess in, yeah, I think especially Star Wars, I think they they fit into that box. Oh yeah, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a little different. Sure, he's a good good pull. Like oh, yeah. she she definitely fit in there as being like I said a heroine. Like what what are your thoughts on that one? Um, well, yeah, going to the MCU side, yeah, sure, definitely for sure. Um, I go uh, Gamora heads yeah. down. That's oh, that's my yeah. girl for sure when it comes to the. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Human's got a bad name, but yeah. I guess we're not to say Medusa. Yeah. But yeah. we're probably going to forget about her. <laughs> <laughs> um, go- going to Star Wars, I always give it to Padme. I think Padme yeah. is very underrated because she was she was holding her own, especially when you go to, back to Attack of the Clones. Like She was doing some mm-hmm. stuff back then. And then even when you go into um, the Clone Wars series and even the old school animated series, she's really doing a lot. Like, she's... Uh, kind of on the level of Leia, I'd almost say. Mm-hmm. But um, and then obviously you have to always give it to Leia. Uh, Jyn Erso for sure. too. Ray is like the top dog. I think mm-hmm. Ray and um, Leia though. For yeah. Me and the Star oh, Wars. Oh yeah. World. Yeah. I think Ray is just. 
fantastic and i can't wait to see more of this character going into episode nine mm-hmm. but um yeah that's i think those are the rough picks what, what else do we got for like what about what about going to the dc side of things like oh, Wonder Woman, like because the, like, there's the what was the comic book that free comic book day that they did oh yeah um, the dc girls yeah yeah so that's kind of again fitting into that that same i don't want to say box but it's yeah. kind of in the same vein mm-hmm. as, as the Disney princesses or whatever you want to call it. Disney heroines, maybe. Right, yeah, call it. heroines. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Catwoman, the Lois Lanes. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I think, yeah. I definitely think, like, you know, you got your Wonder Woman who is legit a princess, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. Uh, I, I, and going quickly, well, back to MCU, Captain Marvel is going to be just, yeah. like, something else. Yeah. For sure, coming mm-hmm. down the pipeline. Yeah, there. Wasp, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so maybe, maybe we'll call it, we'll, we'll remove the term Disney princess and call it Disney heroines. Yeah. Sure. Because yeah. I think that is much better, like, that, that modern idea of this strong female base of characters that our daughters can look up to, can yeah. relate with, and can connect with. Because that's the important piece. Because I think in the absence of that, especially Leia, yeah, like my, my daughter's never seen Star Wars, like a Star Wars film. Like she's watched Rebels, she's watched Clone Wars, but she's never seen those films. But she connects to Star Wars through Leia, Rey, and Hera. Right. Mm-hmm. But she's never, she's only ever seen really Hera on screen. Yeah. So it's having those characters and the way that they've been presented that allows her to connect to them because she's still in this weird boundary phase like you know this is boy stuff this but oh wow there's a princess in there this is for me now right yeah so it's this barriers we're trying to break down but at the same time they have this really nice foundation of characters that they can use as avenues in so i think it's pretty cool definitely yeah so we're changing the game here disney heroines (laughs) and speaking of princesses we legit got a new princess on the weekend yeah we did yeah that's right give it up yeah oh yeah shout out Yeah. yeah Yeah, Megan Merkel. Merkel. Yeah. yeah, that's right. She was good in suits. Oh, I, I, yeah. I haven't seen it, but it's pretty uh, sure. Yeah, you know, as Canadians, I always feel like we're a little bit more like interested or ingrained with the royals of England as opposed to our U.S. friends. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. I'd, I'd say, say yeah, so. a little more you know in tune with what they're doing over there rather than you know Trump's American all that. <laughs> rather than kicking them out and dumping all their tea into the harbor, something yeah, like that yeah, happened. That, I don't know. Boston tea harbor. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. We're not going to get into politics here. <laughs> I think it's about time to say thank you very much to Bradley. That was a great question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's awesome. We're a lot better than maybe I thought it was going to go. <laughs> like, I wasn't expecting to go bad, but you know, there's 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 a fine line there between sure. kind of putting things into maybe or pigeonholing characters and that because I, I didn't want to do that but brad yeah. thanks keep them coming yeah, and man. definitely keep in touch on twitter night of thursday night as this drops because we're gonna be throwing pictures up of our dude sanjay here in his i'm gonna say an air quotes chewbacca i know I, <laughs> i'm more excited for what it is going to be rather than what it would have been if you had ordered a proper chewbacca <laughs> like i'm still expecting that brown sock <laughs> <laughs> It's just like a sleeping bag, you know, like a Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That would have been so cool, but no, it's not that cool. We're going to save that, though. Okay. Because we're going to get into our final topic for this evening, and that is Star Wars. And we're going to do our solo prelude. Now, this is going to be completely and utterly spoiler-free. Cool. Most of us have kept quite a distance from some of the TV spots, trying to avoid major spoilers. I'm probably coming into this as fresh as humanly possible with what we do with the podcast and all that i haven't watched any more than the two trailers well i haven't seen any tv spots i have a good idea what i think this movie is going to be about i'm hoping to get thrown for a bit of a curveball by ron howard's script ron howard's filming what he's done 
with this film. So to do this prelude, we're going to go through kind of a few questions, do a box office predictions, and kind of try to predict, not based on any spoilers from the world premiere, nothing like that. We're not bringing any context from internet spoilers or anything into this conversation. So the same way we always do, I'm going to put this tag on here, that if we happen to get one thing right, is purely by speculation and probably by accident. <laughs> We've not seen the film, nor do we intend to spoil it for anyone. This is just kind of a fun thing we like to do before the film. So if we get something right and we spoil it, we apologize, but we spoil <laughs> ourselves too by just predicting it. <laughs> and the first thing we always like to do with our preludes, so for Solo, a Star Wars story, here's personal anticipation. Now we've referenced this a little bit at the top, but I gotta know, how are you guys feeling? We are two days out. When this podcast drops, it will be the night of release for solo star wars story how are you feeling at this point in time now let's let's do this relative to say the force awakens last jedi and rogue one okay um definitely above rogue one i would say but below the like big saga films for yeah. me yeah uh, um well shoot i guess i have to put it at the bottom and, and it might sound bad but um i guess obviously force awakening nothing could take no. away that anticipation that, that level's high and then the, the next follow-up was was rogue one and by then already i think you and i were already both tackling catalyst at this yeah. point which is the book leading into that film and then last <laughs> jedi man like that hype's huge because we just left off with the movie where we just saw like luke for two seconds so yeah it's really hard for me to like compare the anticipation and and this is a movie that i wasn't really excited for but i've mentioned before since Super Bowl, I'm sold. I can't wait to see this film. So it is at the bottom. But that being said, I, I, I'm super excited. Yeah. Absolutely to see this. And um, yeah, it's, I just can't wait. I'm right there with you guys. Yeah. I'm super pumped. Like my anticipation level for this is quite high. Mm -hmm. um, it's not on the level of a saga film, I will say. Yeah. But I think I'm excited about maybe a different direction for Star Wars. I know yeah. we're going to get a very familiar film, if we can say that. But I think it's going to do... Or take that step in the same way that Rogue One took a step in a different direction. It kind of sidestepped what yeah. we were normally used to. Totally different story that wasn't maybe particularly Skywalker or Force-centric, yeah. but did something a little different. Now, we're getting a character we're familiar with. We're getting some elements and some maybe story mechanisms that we're familiar with. So I'm happy about that, but I'm looking for that different direction. But I'm really excited for this next step in the standalones as to what they could do and what this could mean for the Favreau series for the Benioff and White series for Ryan Johnson's trilogy, just taking that next step, maybe stepping a little bit further away from the Empire being the main villain. Yes. You know, we saw that in Rogue One was that it wasn't particularly the the Sith. It was more the Empire was the villain. Now we're going and looking, you know, the Empire seems to be a villain of sorts, but I think they're going to be more of a, a mechanism to propel the story rather than to focus in on as Han versus Empire. It's going to be Han versus something else. Yeah, it'll just be the world that they're in. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm super excited for this film. I'm I'm still, like you mentioned, Troy, I'm still coming off that MCU high. Yeah. That Infinity War, Black Panther high. So I have to switch gears here in the next day or two to get back into Star Wars more. And the other problem with that, and it's kind of dimmed my anticipation, not because I'm not excited, is that the collecting hasn't been there. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't had that that same luck at the stores or anywhere in Canada to get me hyped up. I'm not I'm out in the hunt, but I'm not finding anything. I'm not finding the Elite Series, the, the Black Series. Yeah. So that's dampened my my anticipation a little, my excitement a little, because I'm just not in that mind frame. I'm still finding Legends. I'm still finding all this MCU stuff. I'm just not getting the same thing out of collecting that I normally get. So that's the first time this has happened to us since the release of the force awakens mm -hmm. is that we've usually been just smashed with new merchandise with new action figures and you kind of get yourself into that mind frame yeah we're here i'm not there so 
It's a little different for me on the personal anticipation level. I'm super excited, but I'm just not as into the universe as I normally am. Yep. And that might be a bit too, because we're only six months removed. Yeah. If less than that, right? That's right. Yeah. From uh, The Last Jedi. So we're first time ever we have Star Wars films this close together. Yeah, it's kind of good testing grounds to see if we'll ever get to the level of MCU where we yeah. get two Star Wars films a year. Yeah, I could see it. I think that's what they're working up to. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. I, so I don't far, know. it's all things working up. But, but then it'll be tough because you got two Star Wars, two MCU films, three probably MCU three films, MCU yeah. films. So that's five. So you're looking, plus you got animated films, live mm. action films. So you're looking at probably like once every like five weeks, a Disney film. Like a huge Disney film coming out. Yeah, yeah. The streaming service is around the corner too. So yeah. there's a lot of Star Wars going yeah, on. Yeah, and we, we, we mentioned this last week when we were talking about the idea of a Star Wars cinematic universe and the idea that we might have to silo ourselves off a little bit yeah. mm-hmm. because you're not going to be able to follow all the content to the detail that maybe you want because you start supplementing Johnson's trilogy and the Benioff and White stuff and going back to wherever with comic books and reading material novels it's, it's gonna be really hard to keep yeah. up with so but it's it's star wars man star wars bring <laughs> it on there. Yeah. Bring it there. Yeah. yeah now speaking about being there how big do you think this film is going to be now the box office for rogue one the last standalone the first tester outside of a saga film did rake in 155 million dollars domestically in its opening weekend how do you think solo is gonna do and keeping in mind that we've got infinity one in theaters black panther lingering deadpool and in two weeks, we have Jurassic World. But we're just going to talk about the opening weekend here. What do you think is going to pull in its opening weekend? Well, um, this could be the biggest mistake of the box office uh, race that we did is that I took this over Black Panther, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I'm going to go $135 million. 135 Okay. Yeah. What did you say the last one was? 155 155 for Rogue One. For Rogue One. I'm going to go 142 Ooh. A lot of people skipped out Deadpool for this film. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm going to say, is this going to play as big as Rogue One? Now, we have to remember we're not in that Christmas time frame. That this is where we get big debuts. They have a lot of running room. So is it going to play as big as Rogue One? I don't think so. I was going to say 145, yeah. but I'll bump it to 147 just to give a little room between you and I. Cool. I think it's going to do just less than $150 million. Mm-hmm domestically in its opening weekend which is still a huge weekend oh yeah humongous weekend especially for the standalone film so predictions are in they're locked cool all right sanjay's got on the low end i'm on the high end of this one so reverse from deadpool (laughs) yeah yeah i was uh super i was surprised when it came out the the numbers yeah it's real interesting (laughs) let's get into some of the predictions for the film itself now cameos this is something that we look at in all star wars films and all mcu films and all dc extended universe films we're always looking for those easter eggs now we know that we're getting chewy of course you've got han in there lando they're the big three that is going to be focusing around as far as characters we know what cameos do you think we're going to get are we going to get jabba we're going to get boba fett lobot are we getting anyone like vader tarkin krennic greedo c3po and r2d2 what are your guys' thoughts on who could appear in this film that isn't part of the main cast, which could be a big nod to the wider universe? Well, I think depending on when it takes place in the film, we could possibly see um, somebody from the Rogue One crew, yeah. whether it's like Cassian pop up, whether it's a K2SO, K2SO like droid of oh, okay. some sort. Maybe you see like Chariot in the background doing something. Like That'd be kind of cool just because with all these like Star Wars stories films, if you got to see like just like one of those random characters, maybe yeah. like... You know, uh, Andor? yeah, exactly, right? Like that could be kind of cool. But for like the bigger guys, I don't, th- I don't want to say we won't see Obi Wan 
because I, I, I want to see Obi-Wan, <laughs> but I don't know if you will see Obi-Wan. Jabba, I think, is a safe bet. A mention of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. I think, is, is, is pretty safe. And um, I don't know, maybe maybe on Tatooine, maybe you might see like Uncle Owen for all of yeah. Oh, that'd be a good one, yeah. So you think you were going to go to Tatooine? I would hope so. I hope we at least finish there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that comes back to one of my other questions. Oh, okay. So okay. we'll put cool. a pin in that one for a second. Cool. All right. I'll say uh, C-3PO, because he's in all of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, same on too. Yeah. 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 So they'll make an appearance for That's sure. That's going to be a tough one to work in. Yeah. They're yeah. going to do something like maybe it'll just be like, uh, I don't even know what it'll be, but uh, C-3PO for sure. And um, he's gonna say something awkward like, "Oh me, oh my! I wish I went solo on this mission." <laughs> he's like, "Oh, what, say that again, solo." And he's like, "Oh, I like that." We name. have a title. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna say Anakin Skywalker. Whoa. Anakin. Anakin, not Darth Vader. He's gonna be Anakin. Wait, does that make sense? No. <laughs> Unless you look at the archives and they saw like a Jedi. Okay, Anakin. fine. Darth Vader's in it. Screw you guys, okay? <laughs> I would love to. I would Vader's, love to see that. Vader's a much safer bet than Anakin. <laughs> no, no, I'm sticking with Anakin. Anakin? Yeah, Anakin. They're the going to do time travel. Century. Yeah. If Anakin's in it, you guys owe me something. Yeah. If Okay. Here we go. If Anakin's in it, I will dress as Darth Vader yes. to go to the premiere of Episode Nine. Yes, but right. he, has to, he has to be in it, like not a mention. No, he, he has, has to be in it. it. He has to be in it. Right? Oh. Aiden Christian has to be yeah, in this exactly. film. Yeah, exactly. I can be all scored up, but like <laughs> he has to be in this film. So that's how confident that's I am. That Anakin is not going to. Yeah. Be all right, all right. Well, just you know, you just wait. He's going to be in it. We will see. <laughs> I guess for for me for cameos, I think I think Jabba's going to be in it. Yeah. Pretty confident there. I think there's gonna be more references to maybe Mandalorians than yeah. actually Boba Fett himself. Right. I think we will get Lobot. Cool. Yeah, that's uh Lando's, Lando's dude. Boy. Yeah. Um, will we get someone like Vader, Tarkin, or Krennic, like a bigger, higher-ranking Imperial officer? Part of me wants to say yes, but I don't think so. Krennic would maybe make sense actually, though. Everybody just He's in there, that. right? In the in the yeah. catalyst. So. Yeah, I think, and I'm trying to think who else. Will we get C-3PO and R2-D2? I don't see how they could possibly do it, but I have a feeling that they're going to be in it. Mm-hmm. I, I really, because they're on the, at this point, they'd be on the, the Tantive 4 So right. I don't know how they're going to work it in, but I could see something like that happening. How far before so it's, would this take place before uh, Rebels? Like It's about same time Rebels starts. Okay, so you could, it's pushing it, but like Thrawn... You push it just like a little yeah like, that'd be awesome. pop up but yeah if oh you just saw God, him kind of pop good. up for a second that'd be so, like he oh. was chasing solo at some point right well there's another th- another question i want to ask do you think we're going to get any mentions of the rebellion the force jedi or lightsabers in this or is this going to be totally void of any of that more force or the idea of the force in this film like are we going to be so far disconnected because you see han's attitude in a new hope calling it a hokey religion yeah. no one believes in this stuff anymore so presumably we're not going to see any of that like do you think there's a way they're going to slip in any sort of idea or reference to the force or? i think of any star wars standalone film han solo would be the film where we see the zero force yeah. like han solo is big enough to just carry on a star wars film without yeah. force or lightsaber i think he's the only what about guy the rebellion Working in the background. Yeah, the rebellion is a big possibility. Because at this point in the timeline, we have to remember, they're not the rebellion. Right. They're the kind of segregated pieces of it. But we know Cassian had been fighting since he was, what, like 14 or something like that? That's right. So that puts this happening, or these cells at least, like Phoenix Cell and all that, right? 
Yeah, because this would kind of take place roughly around like that ball in uh, Lost Stars, basically with Leia yes. and uh, and Thane. Yeah, yeah, I think so. so yeah. yeah, so the rebellion wouldn't really be. It's well, you go to Rebels. It's not. It doesn't yeah. exist at this point. Exactly. Right? It's just Rebel cells. Yeah. So there might be kind of a greater idea, or at least like, do they flash up? Like, I can't remember when Mon Mothma went rogue, but I guess that was a little like, closer Rebels to Rogue. There. Closer to Rogue One, I guess. Because in Rebels is when she uh, she makes that big announcement. Yeah, yeah. you're right. In yeah. Rebels, there. So I'm just trying to think: is it going to be something like Mon Mothma wanted, or right. like are you going to have any sort of the idea, like the politics of the galaxy, kind of help to bring some context to Soul? You know For what the I mean? Timeline there. Yeah, yeah, just kind of fit in. So I think there's probably going to be some offhanded references to that in the background. Like you look at Rogue One, like you had Pundababa. Like he shows up as they're as they're walking in Rogue One on Jeddah, yeah, and then he ends up in the bar in Tatooine. Like, yeah, it's something like that. I'm expecting like mm-hmm. Greedo, like he bumps into Greedo, yeah, kind of like, and that's where that starts. That friction starts that eventually ends up with Greedo getting shot. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, I feel like they're gonna take liberties with the the idea of the universe the same way Rogue One did. And they gotta nod at bigger things. Like For they sure. have to. They have to. So okay. So we don't. We all think. There's our, there's our characters. Anakin's going to be in it. <laughs> Absolutely. You heard it here first, people. And minimal to no... I'm going to say, I'm going to agree with you, no references to the Force lightsabers or Jedi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Rebellion, maybe. So one of the things, or one of the themes I see being relatively prevalent in this solo is the idea of betrayal. Who do you think is going to betray Han? Is it going to be Lando? Is it going to be Kira? Is it going to be... Beckett, like, who do you think is going to be the character that turns Han from maybe this more optimistic character that we see in the trailers into the solo that we see in A New Hope? So one that, you know, really only looks out for himself and Chewbacca is after kind of the big payday. Like, wh- what happens or who betrays this character to make him turn into the Han Solo that we know from the original trilogy? Oh, uh, I was just thinking, I think I want to see Kira. Yeah. makes the most sense because I don't know what the timeline is that Han hasn't seen Lando mm-hmm. from this point in the movie till Empire and I feel like he must see Lando more yeah. coming out of this film like I don't see like he gets introduced to Lando here and then he doesn't see him till Empire I'm sure they have a lot more um, missions together actually I think even could be pulling here but I think even in Rebels we do see Lando and I have a feeling Lando at that point seen Han somewhere yeah. between that time so I want to say probably Cure is the one mm-hmm. that really breaks him down and, and changes his whole mentality of I have a really good feeling about this to I have a really bad feeling about yes. this. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Sanjay? Uh, yeah, that's uh, the love interest in the movie? Like yeah, well, I, friend, at least. Yeah, childhood oh, friend. Okay, uh, yeah. okay. We won't call her a love interest just yet. Yeah. Okay. But we'll say the female lead. Um, she looks like a pretty powerful character, yeah. actually. It's the the girl from Terminator Genesis yes. and yeah. Game of Thrones. Yes, Emile yes. Clark. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. Um that would definitely not be very nice and definitely change your outlook on life. So Yeah. I you know, that to me, like when we first started talking about solo, what, a year ago or whatever it was, yeah. I said from the beginning, Woody Harrelson's character, because they kind of portrayed him as his mentor. Yes. From the trails it looks less so. He looks like a guy that he's hooked up with later in life and he's kind of facilitating this idea of being a smuggler, you know, being kind of a bit of a criminal. Yeah. And Kira seems to be now the character that goes back and is not so much a mentor, but like a childhood friend. Yes. One that he connects with on a very personal level. So her betraying him makes a lot more sense. But is it something along the lines? Because to me, that seems almost too predictable. Yeah. Is it something along the lines that he becomes close with Beckett? Beckett betrays him, which causes the death of Kira. And then in turn, Han kind of 
starts mistrusting people and kind of goes down the path of, of where he is in a new hope. I just think that the Kira thing is too on the nose. Mm-hmm. That she turns around and says, no, Han, you know, I shot for, you know, right. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But like, I just, to me, that feels too predictable. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I won't enjoy it. If it does happen, it just has to be presented properly. So we'll see. But I, I'm going to stick with Beckett. I'm going to stick. Cool. That was okay. my prediction from the first trailer that this guy is going to be the man that turns on him. And I'm going to stick with that one. Nice. Cool. That one. Nice. Okay. I, I, do, do we, um, I know it's a little bit of a side question here, but do we have that kind of Rogue One mentality going in here? Like a lot of people are going to die. Oh, for sure. In this film? Yeah. Well, we know three, the three, big three make it out, right? For sure. Solo land. Well, they could be clones. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in Marvel. Right? Yeah, Anakin clones. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think so. I think we're going to see probably Beckett, Kira, um, maybe, uh, what's his name? Vision. Vision, yeah. (laughs) Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Maybe his character. So, yeah, I think we're going to see a bit more death, but there's going to be a big one. I think Kira is probably the most likely to bite it in this one. Yeah. If anyone's going to die from that main cast of characters. The last two questions I'm going to ask here, one going back to your point there, Troy. Do you think, or how do you think this is going to end, maybe not so much as far as the, the film itself or the Han's arc, but where is it going to end? Is this going to lead directly into New Hope or are we going to end up on Tatooine? What are your thoughts on that one? Being classic Star Wars, I don't think they'll tie right up to yeah. A New Hope. They'll give us that gap so they can obviously do books, which they have been, and, and comics and whatnot too. Um, or, or maybe even games, but I, I think we would see Tatooine. I, I just think Han and that that the sand look, you know, like it just it just gels together so well. It's like a classic. You know, that's how we were first introduced to the character, right? Almost Eisley was uh, was that planet. So I I think we could see Tatooine show up. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Sanjay? I 100% agree with Troy. Yeah. <laughs> Troy has never led me wrong. <laughs> I think it's going to be similar to Rogue One when she gets the plans. Yeah. Leia and they get in the tent of before and take off. Oh, I think it's gonna be like Han and Chewie because I don't think they're gonna tease a sequel for this. I no. might be wrong, but I think they're gonna kind of get in and say, you know, where to next? Uh, they're gonna say here, here or Mos Eisley. Yes, I got to deal with Jabba. Yeah, or something, or s- right? something he's like that. On, like the huts are on Tatooine. Yeah, right? yeah, the huts, yeah. or we got to go to Mos Eisley. We got to go to, and I think that's how they're gonna leave it. Yeah, it's kind of open ended because you know they could get sidetracked on a whole mission before they get to Mos Eisley. Exactly, or they could go straight there. Exactly, so they don't, they're not tying their hands or handcuffing themselves too much on that one but i think there's going to be this the same way rogue one ended yeah. that it could yeah it could play right into it Ooh. or there could be a little time i think they're going to do something like that like cool. i know that aldrich einreich he isn't exactly the look of harrison ford but hopefully based off what we hear the betrayal is great yeah so you could almost seamlessly go into a new hope from this or at least the idea of that so that's kind of what i'm hoping for it's just that tease right at the end yeah and then speaking lastly, the last question here, second to last question here, is there's rumors of this Marvel-esque ending. Like they're teasing something bigger, mm-hmm. a bigger universe. We talked about this last week about how we didn't really think that it could work in the same way. But let's say they, they are doing something like that. Put a wild-ass prediction on the table. What could they be teasing? Oh, I got this. Okay, yeah? give it to us. Sam Jackson comes back. <laughs> You're part of a bigger universe You're part now, of, Yeah. <laughs> He, he was in the, the first one, right? Episode Mace one? Windu. Yeah. So he comes back and he has an eye patch. And he's like, you thought I was dead? And he like flips up the eye Thanos patch. Thanos is coming. <laughs> yeah. And then they recruit Vader and Vader and Thanos go at it. There you Boom. go. Oh. I know now you're thinking about, yeah, that's a Sun brilliant idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good matchup. 
<laughs> what do you th- what, what do you think? What could they be teasing? Oh with? man, what could they possibly be teasing? It's it's so tough because I mentioned before like this wouldn't be like a force centric film, and I feel like nothing gets bigger than the force. So how would you tease something out of a Han Solo film that's not force related? You know what I mean? But um, I don't know because the Death Star has always been the big thing, but we're over the Death Star. We we got the origin mm-hmm. stories inside mm-hmm. out, so the Death Star is done. Um, the only other thing I could really think of is Mandalorians. If we get more exploration to the Mandalorians and, yeah. and kind of go more that route, because yeah, I'll have to go with that. That's the only thing I can really do. Okay. That's the only thing I can pull up. So here's here's my my prediction. For yes, this. I've been wrong in every MCU film. <laughs> so again, grain of salt here, but I think they're gonna do. We gotta head to Mos Eisley. We gotta head to Tatooine. And they're going to pan back to Tatooine and you're going to see Moss Eisley and you're going to see Obi-Wan looking over Moss Eisley. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Just, just tease. Yes. <laughs> the idea. That's what I need. <laughs> that's what we all need. That's, yeah. that's this, brilliant. In the same place that he took Luke when they looked over and he said, you know, this is a hive of scum and villainy. He's, they're looking over at what's well, Tunisia, I think, but um, <laughs> they're looking over at Moss Eisley up from yeah. way up on the rock. Like yeah. he's just standing up there looking down at it and something like that. Like how cool that, or that's like cool. he's standing up there and the Falcon. Yeah. Over top. That's cool. And it still has that Rogue one effect where it's leading into yeah. like that direction of, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Shoot. Nice. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now the most important question I will ask tonight for our solo, the star Wars story prelude is what do you think Troy what do you think Sanjay's <laughs> Chewbacca costume is going to look like? <laughs> this is not for you. A question for you to answer. Are we I'm putting curious. too much hype into it? I don't oh, know. God. I have a feeling it's gonna be a lot of like just face paint. Like it's gonna look very Wizard of the Oz like the lion. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just the vibe I've been getting this whole time. Yes. You know, like a button nose and the whiskers. The black paint. <laughs> he shows up as a character, not Chewbacca. I thought this was Chewbacca. <laughs> no, man, that's Zeb. Just holding a tail. And... That's, yeah. that's McCory. <laughs> yeah, McCory. <laughs> uh, my prediction here, what's it going to be? I'm thinking I'm thinking two different things. I'm thinking right. there's the simple version where he's got a Chewbacca t-shirt with the, with the bandolier across it. Yeah. Maybe a wig or something. <laughs> but then there's me knowing Sanjay. And there's going to be a twist on this, some sort of twist. And I don't know what that is. I still keep going back to that reference. I know it was for a Jawa, I think, or the guy yeah. put the sock over. Yeah. But him coming in like this like big brown, like it's like taped fur to it, like sweater. I don't know. I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it. Like I, I, because you've been teasing it, I'm getting more and more hyped for it. I'm as hyped for the reveal than I am for, the, like, as I am for the movie. Like oh, red cr- crushing red disappointment. You guys are in for a crushing disappointment. Oh, no. <laughs> you the face paint? I'm getting more than the face paint. So, but I'm excited. I'm excited you you're know, holding your end of the bargain. Now. As you got to say, you know, you, you got to always under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah. I think you said it the other way. <laughs> Overpromise sure. and underdeliver is kind of where you're going with Don't this. worry, they'll be chewy abroad. You know, I'll be there as chewy. And uh hopefully I got Lando and Han with me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe someone's gonna dress up as Princess Leia with us or uh 
I got, I, got, I got a t-shirt on. I got a solo t-shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be as close to Han as possible. I think. <laughs> oh, all right, man. gentlemen, we are about to wrap things up here. That was a lot of fun. Thank you to all those who sent in questions. And if you guys would like to be a part of the Nerd Room, you can always email us at thenerdroom at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook or YouTube. Make sure to check out Sunjay's weekly Sunday drops for his video and movie and steelbook collecting. You can also grab us on thenerdroom.net. Just click contact so you can send us a question through there. And you can always, always, always grab us on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. We'd like to wish you guys a very pleasant viewing of Solo, A Star Wars Story. We're extremely excited to get back at the table next week and review it in a great amount of detail, the same way we review everything. We're going to be stepping through this film piece by piece, breaking each and every scene down, every character beat, and the overall film and how it fits into the larger context of Star Wars. So until next week for The Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. And thank you for entering The Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyrim's Podcast, and San Diego Sabers. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.